You're listening to the Spectrum Tuition Podcast, Episode 8, Interview with Karthik, a current Spectrum Tuition tutor and past student at a selective high school. Hello and welcome to the Spectrum Tuition Podcast, where we give you practical advice on how to navigate the Victorian education system and help your child take their skills to the next level. And now, here's your host, Twee Fam. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Spectrum Tuition Podcast. Now, we're really passionate about helping students prepare for competitive exams, particularly scholarship and selective exams, because we believe that if a student has a desire to learn, improve, and take advantage of opportunities that are available to them, and they are willing to work hard, they should definitely be given the opportunity to attend the best possible school to help them achieve their goals in life. As mentioned in previous episodes, often these competitive exams will test knowledge that could be several years above students' existing level, and so our courses need to reflect this. The bar is set incredibly high for these students to learn such complicated topics in such a short amount of time. Instead of being intimidated by this daunting task, we often see that students will rise to the challenge that has been set, which is incredibly inspiring to see. But what is it like to attend a selective school? Is it worth all the effort of preparation and the possibility that things might not go as planned? In today's episode, I speak with Karthik, a current Spectrum tuition tutor who attended a selective school. In the interview, we talk about what to expect on the day, how he prepared, what advice he would give to students and parents, and much more. If you'd like to watch the interview, you can head on over to our YouTube channel, which we've linked to in the show notes found at www.spectrumtuition.com forward slash episode dash eight. We are so incredibly lucky to have such amazing tutors like Karthik at each of our campuses who inspire and mentor our students each and every week. At Spectrum Tuition, we pride ourselves on the entire system that we've created to deliver a high quality curriculum and education to the students who attend our centres each and every week. We only hire top-performing university students who have achieved incredible results in their own studies. Our tutors include current students in medicine, dentistry, law, engineering, commerce, who have achieved ATARs of above 90 and up to 99.95. By being a top-performing university student, individuals would have had to demonstrate that they're passionate about learning, well-organized, enthusiastic, articulate and hardworking. Think about some of the highest achieving students in your year level at school and how some of them may have inspired you to reach higher standards. Over the years, we've found that these types of individuals make the best tutors and mentors to students who attend Spectrum because we've developed an entire system that doesn't rely on the skill or ability of any one particular teacher or tutor to develop a program and deliver. People are highly variable, whereas a system is more predictable. The programs themselves have been tested and refined for over 15 years, and most importantly, we have a system for teaching our tutors how to teach and how to deliver this program in the most effective manner to our students, and these students really look up to these tutors. If you'd like to join one of our classes and be taught and mentored by a tutor like Karthik, please head on over to www spectrumtuition.com to book a free assessment today. I hope you enjoy listening to the interview 
as much as I enjoyed chatting with Karthik. Now, without further ado, here is my interview with Karthik. Um, so I'll start by asking a couple of questions and you'll have an opportunity to ask questions to Karthik at the end. So we'll have Stephanie roaming around with the microphone. So firstly, thank you so much, Karthik, for coming today and for volunteering your time and for answering questions. So can you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? As Toy mentioned, I'm Karthik, and uh, I guess I'm here today to sort of give an insight and lend a perspective of what a student feels like going through the entire selective schools process. So right from you know preparing for the exam, sitting it, and hopefully eventually attending a selective school. I attended Suzanne Corey. Uh, from 2015 and graduated last year, uh, which feels like quite a while ago now. It was definitely very fun, uh, rewarding, and pretty unforgettable, like four years of not only education, but just period of my life in general. And it's something that I hope, you know, all your kids get to experience for themselves as well. Right now, I'm at Melbourne University doing commerce, which is going quite well. And I also tutor at Spectrum at Hobbes Crossing Branch, as Toy mentioned. And that's also been like a really great learning experience for me as well. And one that I'm grateful and I'm glad to have been able to undertake. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Karthik, can you remember back to the day of the exam and, and describe what that process was like? Yeah, kind of. I took the exam in 2014, so quite a few years ago now. But I do remember like the morning, you know, I walked into like the exhibition grounds I just was shocked by the amount of people that were there I think so I mentioned that there's over like 30,000 kids that, that sit the exam which is just a crazy amount so that's probably the thing that stood out the most that morning I think I wasn't as nervous as I thought I would be mostly because I didn't really fully understand like what was like waiting for me like if I got into the school now you know looking back if I'd known I'd probably be a lot more nervous probably a good thing that I wasn't but yeah, I, I mostly just remember seeing a bunch of people and, and trying to keep calm as, as I walked in. So how did you prepare for the exam? So I went to a different tuning company for about a year prior to the exam. And that was really similar to the things Tori talked about. Like they, I did tests and you know, I went through knowledge and things like that. And I think the biggest aspect of the preparation that helped me was just doing those tests over and over again and going through that process not so much the content, obviously that's important to, to be able to like answer questions and write essays, but just I think it gave me the confidence to go into the test and not be overwhelmed. Like it was just like, it gave me the reassurance that, you know, I'm capable of doing this, like this is not beyond me. And I think that's the most important thing of the preparation process, just to, to be reassured and, and have that confidence going in. So how did your parents support you? My mum was really great. So she's the one that did all the research and stuff to kind of, you know, put forward that I should do this whole process. I fully really didn't understand what the whole thing was. She just said that, you know, it's a selective school. I think it'd be really good for you. And she was supportive in that she always, like, talked to me and explained, you know, why she was kind of encouraging me or pushing me to do it. And, you know, I think that was important because I didn't feel forced or anything like that. But it was good that she was able to talk to me and, and explain you know, why, you know, why this would be best for me. And I'm looking back now, I'm, I'm glad that she did. Yeah. Great. Did anything surprise you about the preparation process and the exam itself? The exam itself, I did expect it to be hard and it was quite hard. I just think the process, I think just the length of the process. So prior to Suzanne Corey, I did tutoring for, to get into like the Wherever You Sell program. 
but that was only for like half a year. So going to the psychic school's preparation, which is for a full year, was definitely something I didn't anticipate, like it being that long. And again, just like the sheer number of students that try out for these schools, it is definitely sort of shocking and I didn't anticipate that at first as well. What do you wish you knew before sitting the exam to help you prepare a little bit more? I don't know. I don't, I don't think there is anything. I think the less I knew is probably the better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, not in terms of content, but just, just in terms of like, you know, what, you know, all the benefits and stuff looking back now that I know that I came from that school. If I'd known, I would have felt a whole lot more pressure. So I think sort of the less you know, you just focus on, on trying your best, you know, giving it your best shot. You know, regardless of whether you get it or not, it sounds cliche, but as Tui mentioned, regardless of whether you get it or not, the skills that you that you develop going in through that whole process is the benefit in the end, and and getting it or not is sort of just a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. So you attended the Werribee Cell program, is that? Yeah. So where in, you were? Yeah, for year yeah. seven and eight, I was in I was in Werribee Secondary in in the Cell program. Yeah. Okay. How does the experience there compare to the experience that you got at Susan Corey? Yeah. So. They're similar in that, you know, they're both accelerated programs, so you're going to be doing work and, and learning at a level that's quite advanced to what similar uh, students would do at, at other schools. But I think the biggest difference or the most striking aspect of these schools and, and my experiences in Corey is just the sense of community and I say, I think, like culture at the schools. And, and what I mean by that is, You'll often hear the term like like a community for like-minded students used to describe selective schools. And that doesn't just mean that everyone that goes there, you know, wants to do well. That's part of it, but it's more than that. You know, there is this aspect of competition, but if you're like if you stroll through the study center during the day, you'll find, you know, groups of students, you know, working on problems together or students helping other students through and like through explaining like difficult concepts and things like that. And even teachers will, will be giving up their spare time outside of class to, to do all they can, they can to help. And I think there's this genuine value given to not only achieving your own goals, but, but helping others to do the same. And I think that's where the, the like-minded aspect really shines through for me. Like being surrounded by people who, who value the same things you do, so that, you know, that set their sights high, it sort of just rubs off on you and, and it pushes you further further than what just a high-quality curriculum alone alone will do. And, and that applies to not just academic achievements, but, you know, in all the passions and, and fields that, you know, your kids are interested in. You know, there's always, like, sporting competitions or, you know, house corals or even things like lunchtime stuff like open mics or, you know, student band performances that are always happening. And I think those are things that really reinforce that aspect of community and culture of the school. And ultimately, what kids that go there will remember after four years. So, yeah. So, what was your attitude towards schooling like before you sat the selective schools exam? Have you always been? Yeah, I'd, I'd say I always, you know, like learning or always keen to learn. Like I said, because I went to the Werribee Self thing, all I've ever known is sort of like this accelerated learning environment. So, yeah, apart from primary school, but from high school, that's all I've ever known. So, I, I would say, yeah, that I always had like kind of like a you know, a value of, of learning and stuff. And I'm sure that's sort of instilled by my parents as well. But I think, yeah, like I always had like that drive to, to want to do well in school and, and to learn and, yeah, all that. Great. How do you think you would have performed without preparation? In short, like not as well, obviously. <laughs> Probably not as well. 
But yeah, like I touched on it before, the preparation, you know, knowing the content, learning how to do problems, write essays is all well and good. And that's definitely important. But I think without the preparation, I wouldn't have had like that confidence and that, that reassurance going in that, yeah, that I can, I can do this. You know, this is not something I haven't seen before. This is not really beyond me. It's, it's something that is achievable and, and that I can do it. And without that preparation, I don't think I would have been able to have that, that confidence. So what advice would you give parents who are looking to help their kids prepare for these types of competitive exams? I would say always communicate with your children and, and really try and make them understand or talk to them as to why you're, you're keen for them to go through this process and push them along. When you're dealing with like 13 and 14 year olds, and I have a brother who's, who's in your 70s, just about to go through this as well. It can be quite hard to, to get them motivated to, to study or to really give it their best shot at this exam because, you know, we might all know what the benefits of going to these schools is, but at that age, it, it can be really hard for them to grasp exactly why. And especially if they don't have any explanation or guidance from you guys. And I think it's important here to understand their perspective because, you know, you're asking them to give up their Saturdays and, and go to tutoring. <laughs> To, to do extra work during the week that when they look around at school, the other classmates likely aren't doing. And there's times when they're probably just sitting there thinking, you know, what for? You know, why am I doing this? And, you know, when you don't know exactly what you're working toward or, you know, you feel forced into something, you're just not going to do, like, you're not going to do the best you can. And it's definitely like a demotivating factor. So I'd say, you know, really sit down and, and take out the time to, to discuss with your students, uh, not students, to your children you know, why this is the best course of action or why, you know, you feel like they would benefit from going to these schools. And like I said, when you're dealing with kids that age, it can be a tall task, like a tall order. But if you can do that and if you can get them to, to understand and, and want to study for their own benefit, not because they feel like they're being forced or, or made to do something, they're going to perform the best they can and they're going to be better for it. Great. And so what advice would you give students who are looking to prepare for these types of exams? Uh, for students, I'd say, you know, do the consistent work and obviously that if you go into tutoring, that the tutor places give you. But I would say always just keep a good attitude. Like don't get too stressed and too worked up about it. Just understand that, you know, like Tua mentioned before, like all, like all learning is not wasted. Like learning is not wasted. So going through this process, yes, you have that goal that end goal of wanting to get into the school. But I would focus on the process and of getting there and doing the consistent work and, and efforts that goes into it. And, you know, if you get in at the end, it's just a bonus. But if you don't, you can fall back on all those skills and, and those habits that you've learned that will hold you in good stead for the rest of your schooling, which is, you know, more important than just going to one particular school. Great. That's all I have. They're all the questions I have. Does anybody have any questions for Karthik at this stage? Yeah. I might just um oh, you've got a question. Hey Karthik, just a quick one. Uh, I've got a couple of friends and they just got into Melbourne High and basically those kids were above average flourishing at the current schools, but as soon as they got into Melbourne High, they actually they just lost it. Because they found kids from um like you know, kids who stand as were quite above their standard and they just collapsed and even now they are in the uni and they're still struggling literally struggling from uh, just by virtue of going to melbourne high they're struggling otherwise they were doing fine so what do you have an opinion or a comment on this yeah that's a common thing you know a lot of students i'd say i was an exception because i went to 
I was in an accelerated learning program before Suzanne Corey, but you know, a lot of my friends at school just weren't. And it can be a hard transition because you go from being, you know, like the top A plus student, often without as much effort as you would put in those schools at, at your previous school, to being surrounded by all the people that get A plus at their schools. You know, and it can be hard to, to try and find your place and you can feel overwhelmed and, and feel like you don't belong. But I think I didn't go to Melbourne High, I'm not sure, but I would say that that community aspect that I was talking about before and that that willingness and ability to like help others is something that definitely that helps in that transition. But just like any other high school, like high school's hard, like just like any other high school, it can be hard to transition. I guess, you know, the best you can do is try and lean on your friends and, and you know, go seek out the teachers and, and resources that's available at this school. And the teachers are great. So like my teachers at school, like I could go to them after school, you know, hand them countless essays and all that. And they would happily mark them and, and give me feedback. But yeah, I, I understand how it can be a, a rough transition, but I would say make sure you're aware of all the resources and facilities and stuff that's in place to help you because the schools know that as well. Like the schools understand where all the students are coming from and, and how it can be a different, like different environment. So I would definitely say make sure you're aware of all the resources that are available at schools and, and go out and seek them out if you need that help. Any other questions? All right, we'll go back to these questions. Does the question or exam format of the selective tests evolve along the years or do they remain the same? If it's evolved, how do you adjust your practice questions at Spectrum? So what we do is we call up students after the selective schools test or we send out a survey and uh, students will give us feedback and then we then make those adjustments in our courses accordingly. So that's how we, we know that it's at a year 10 standard because you wouldn't think that a test for year eights would be at such a high level. But, you know, when students describe what they've seen, we can then make those adjustments to our courses. Um, I might direct this one to you, Karthik. What advantage or benefit for a student that has graduated from a selective school? I would say just being in the environment of a selective school where you are surrounded by, you know, like I mentioned before, those people that, you know, have like the similar goals to you that set their standards high. It just, you know, sort of rubs off on you and, in that process, you develop the habits that are necessary to, to excel later in life, you know, tangible skills like time management, you know, being organized and all, and all that stuff that you always hear about. It does develop those things going to a selective school. And once you come out of it, that's when I think it sort of benefits the most because, you know, that's when you're applying those skills you've learned in uni or, you know, in an environment that's a lot more independent than school. Yeah, great. So you've mentioned that it's a 40-week course starting in Term 3 for Spectrum Selective School, and we cover content from Year 7 to Year 10 in one year. So when I sign up my son for this program, since he's already one grade above his current year, doesn't mean that we can enroll this program in Year 6. Well, firstly, we do a, an assessment anyway for all of our students, and then we'll then place them into classes accordingly. So if he's not quite in Year 7 yet, then... We suggest that you book in a free assessment, we'll place them wherever, and then when the students do get to the middle of Year 7, then they can transition into the Selective Schools course. Because it is a very, very intense course that we have. So the earlier you develop the habits of doing homework, you know, preparing for a quiz every single week, being in that environment where you're doing a little bit of extra work, it will really help them transition into that Selective course as well. So when we're introducing new concepts, then because they've already covered it a little bit in previous years, they'll be able to pick it up and grasp it a lot easier. 
So in the program, will all kids be in the same grade? How does it work? Are you mixing the kids between 7 to 10? No. It's not about the, the kids. The course itself will cover content from year 7 to year 10, just in the way that we structure the courses, structure the material. All the students will be in the middle of year 7. Like We don't take any student earlier than year 7. There might be students who might be preparing for the year 9 exam to enter in year 10. And from what I hear from students who have sat that exam in year 9 to get into year 10, the content is very, very similar to the, to the content in year 8. But we don't take any students earlier than year 7. Uh, for the program, can students join in the middle of the week? So join uh, week 10 out of 40 weeks. Yeah, well, the sooner you start, the earlier you will benefit from the course because it is a full full year course. So the earlier you start, the earlier you'll start to achieve to learn those benefits. How do you maintain interest and enthusiasm throughout the studying for students? So Amy's asked that question. Um, by doing that weekly quiz, you know, um, and by making sure that the students are actually learning content every single week. It's not just doing a practice exam. Students are actually learning and they're quite enthusiastic about learning the new content and they find that they're a lot more capable than what they think that they are. You know, for somebody like Callie, you know, for her to go from someone who was really struggling with her times tables to be able to do year 10 maths, like, can you imagine what she might have been feeling towards the end? Like, I can actually do this. I can solve these questions really, really quickly. You know, so um, I firmly believe that all students actually do enjoy learning. And it's just about making sure that you're teaching them at the level that they are able to engage with, that will determine whether they maintain interest. So if the content is too hard, they lose interest. If the content is too easy, they lose interest. So it needs to be at that sweet spot, which we will determine during our assessment phase. Student-to-teacher ratio, we've got a, a maximum of 15 students in each class. Any other questions? All right, I want you to, if you can help me um, thank Karthik for spending the time today. You've been listening to the Spectrum Tuition Podcast, the only podcast for parents who want to help their children take their skills to the next level. If you love this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated and will help other parents like yourself learn more about the Victorian education system. If you're ready to take your child's skills to the next level, book a free assessment today at www.spectrumtuition.com. See you on the next episode.